Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, the text we just heard read from the Gospel of Mark will be our text for the message this morning. Uh, we begin with the word of prayer. Almighty God, we come to you today in the midst of a world that is full of chaos and uncertainty. Lord, we face uh, the storms of life, as it were, and there are times in which our eyes are taken off of your Son and our faith wavers. We pray this day, O Lord, that you would restore our faith, you would strengthen our faith, and keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you imagine what the disciples were thinking as they were facing the storm that night? Can you imagine what they were feeling as they saw the storm rise and suddenly the waves were crashing into the boat and it looked as if they were going to drown? I can only imagine their thoughts thinking something to themselves like, great, this is all I need. Another storm, this might be too much. This is the last thing they wanted. This is probably the last thing they were expecting when they got in the boat that night. After all, they got in the boat with Jesus. And Jesus had announced to them that he had come to usher in the kingdom of God. And that means God's on Jesus' side. And if God is on Jesus' side, that must mean that nothing bad could possibly happen to Jesus. So if we're with Jesus, we're always going to be safe and we're not going to have any problems and it's just going to be smooth sailing the whole way across. And yet the storm came. The waves crashed in the boat and they braced for the worst. The worst. But this shouldn't be happening because Jesus told them he was God's Messiah and Jesus told them to get into the boat. And now it seems their watery grave awaits. It's the last thing they expected. It's the last thing they wanted. You can just imagine them saying to themselves, I did not sign up for this. I do not want to be here in the midst of this. I'm reminded uh, from our story today of a great uh, discussion that takes place in the book The Lord of the Rings. I don't know if I've ever mentioned The Lord of the Rings to you guys before. I can't remember if that book has ever come up in a sermon, so first time for everything, I guess. Uh, but there's this great uh, exchange that takes place between uh, Frodo the Hobbit and Gandalf the Wizard, and yes, I am this cool. Uh, Frodo the Hobbit has been tasked with the responsibility of destroying the most powerful evil item in all the world, uh, a, a, the Ring of Power. And as he's taking this ring to destroy it, it is a perilous journey, and he's facing death constantly. He knows he has to complete the journey because if he doesn't, the whole world will be oppressed by evil. But he faces death constantly, and he gets to the point where it's overwhelming him. And so he turns to his guide and his friend Gandalf, and he says, I wish the ring had never come to me. I wish this had never happened. And the wise guide Gandalf the wizard replies to him, So do all who live to see such times. But that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us. And I like that. I think there's a great deal of wisdom in that response. And we'll get to that wisdom and that response here in a second. But I can only imagine that the disciples, as they're facing this storm, have much the same attitude as Frodo. I wished I'd never gotten into this boat. I wished I didn't have to deal with this storm. I didn't ask for this storm. I didn't sign up for this. And yet the storm is coming. 
And I wonder if there are many of us here today who, looking at the world around us, don't have a similar attitude, who have the same sort of feeling. I wish none of this had happened. I wish I'd never lived to see such days in such times. In fact, I know many of us have this attitude. I know many of us are wrestling with this. I know I'm wrestling with this. Because we're very uncomfortable and terrified and scared by the storms we see all around us. Not here in Southern California. We don't get any kind of weather, but like metaphorical storms that we see coming all around us. It seems as if the ground is shaking constantly. That's a metaphor we can get on board with. That's what we understand. It seems like the foundations are being taken out. The storms are raging, and we're afraid. And you know it's true, because all I have to say to you is something like this. Critical race theory, institutional racism, LGBTQ plus Pride Month, COVID mask regulations. And what happens? Our blood starts to boil. Our hearts start to race. We batten down the hatches in fear, wishing these storms had never arisen, wishing we never had to face such days. All people who have to face such times feel that way. But it wasn't ours to decide. This is where the Lord has placed us. Now, Gandalf says all we have to do is to decide what to do with such times. And, and there's some wisdom in that. And, and there is some... Uh, healthy way of viewing the world in that way now we need to take some responsibility now it's time to get to work how are we going to handle this ourselves what are we going to do with this i get that but really if we look at our text today and we start to study the scriptures we realize that there's really no decision to be made when the world starts falling apart around us there's really no options for us there's only one thing and that's jesus there's no decision to go left or right all we have is christ and to be sure, that's true whether the storms have arisen or not, but sometimes, sometimes these storms are necessary to open our eyes to our complete and utter dependence on Jesus for everything, everything, both in life and in salvation. So with that in mind, we come back to the text and, and we see the disciples here, and it seems like they make the right move as the storms are raging all around them, as the water is, is crashing into the boat, they turn to Jesus, and that's the right move. They turn to Jesus for help, only to find something even more terrifying, that he is asleep. And I love Mark's gospel, the details. On a cushion, like he's knocked out snoring while the waves crash around them, while the waves crash around him. It's like he doesn't care, or it's worse. It's like he doesn't even notice. This whole account reminds me of, of one of the more jarring lines in the book of the Psalms. Uh, Psalm chapter 44, if you feel like being uncomfortable uh, with God for a little while, spend some time in Psalm 44. Psalm 44, you have the psalmist in a place of despair and fear crying out to God, and he says, Awake! Why are you sleeping, O Lord? Rouse yourself. Do not reject us forever. Why do you hide your face? It's like the disciples in this moment are living in that psalm. As the storms rage around them, they're trying to wake up the Lord, and he's pulling the pillow over his face to sleep. This is a terrifying place to be especially in a situation which seems so beyond human capacity to handle and beyond any hope of rescue. 
And now the only one who seems to be able to do anything about it isn't even paying attention. Now, I don't know if you've ever faced such despair or dread uh, in a nautical setting, but I imagine there are some of us here today who have faced such perilous times uh, psychologically, relationally, emotionally. Coming out of this pandemic, it is, it is very disconcerting to see the rising number of depression, uh, the rising rate in depression uh, right now. The suicide rate is very high. We have Christian counselors here on campus, and if you don't uh, have someone to talk to, you please reach out to us. We, Katie and Heidi are wonderful counselors, but I got to tell you, uh, they have been very busy as of late. They've had more clients lately than they've ever had because people are terrified. Of what? They're not even sure. But there's depression, there's sorrow constantly around us. Now, before we move on from this point, I, I do want to say, if that's you, if you are depressed, if you have actually contemplated suicide, and these things are actually building up inside of you, you need to think about a few things here today. First, you are not alone. There are a lot of people who are in the darkness with you right now. Second, you are not alone because you are here with us. And we love you. And I love you. And if you need someone to talk to, excuse me, getting emotional about this, uh, uh, you reach out to me and we'll sit down. I want to talk to you. I want to speak with you. I want to listen to you and be with you through this. Third, you're not alone because you've got Jesus. And he's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. And he's never going to allow anything to stop him from loving you, and you need to hear that. So reach out, because we're here for you. If you can't reach out, talk to me. We need to talk, and I want to do it. If you're not comfortable with me, reach out to Pastor Matt or Jim or somebody in the office. Talk to Katie or Heidi, because you are loved, and we want to be here for you. Because we do love you, and Jesus loves you, and he has given his life in order to save yours though I know that at times it doesn't always feel like it. You're in need of help, of support, of something. The disciples needed something. They just needed help, frankly, getting water out of the boat. And I don't know if in the midst of their despair they fully grasped what it is they were saying to Jesus, and and I don't know if they fully understood who it is they were talking to, uh, but they turned to the Lord at this point, which seems like the right thing to do, and say, why are you sleeping? They say, teacher, don't you care that we are perishing? And I don't know if this is really like a prayer to God there in the boat that they fully grasp who he is. I tend to think it's something more like this. Hey, Mr. Messiah, do you mind waking up for a minute and grabbing a bucket? Because we could use some help over here. I, I kind of wonder if they're not saying something like this. You know, you claim to be in good with God. You think maybe you could talk to him a little bit to help us out? Because we're all about to die and you're supposed to establish some sort of kingdom around here. So what can you do to help us? See, I don't think they exactly know what they're asking. But perhaps in spite of that, the good news is they cried out to the right person. They, uh, they woke up the right God. And so I picture this. I picture Jesus laying on a pillow. And I don't know if this is exactly how it went. Uh, I'm sure you have a, a more uh, holy and noble picture of what happened here. But I tend to wonder if like, they don't wake up Jesus and he's like on the pillow and he lifts up his head and he kind of stretches and he looks around him and he's like, oh, peace, be still. 
like yawning, like it's nothing for him, like this storm doesn't bug him at all. <laughs> and then he looks at his disciples and wipes the sleep out of his eyes and says, hey, why are you guys so afraid? Have you still no faith? And what he does next, we're not sure. I like Mark's idea this morning. Maybe he rolled over and went back to sleep, right? Maybe he picked up a bucket and got the water out of the boat. The text doesn't say. We actually don't know exactly what Jesus does at this moment, but we do know what the disciples do. We do know what the disciples say. They get even more terrified now. You thought a storm was bad. Wait till you get the guy who runs the weather in the boat. Now they're very frightened. And they say this, who then is this? that even the wind and the waves obey him. Who is this who has such power in his word who can potentially yawn and the weather stops? They don't get it. And so their uncertainty here is evidence that their faith is not nearly as strong as they think it is. Jesus says, have you still no faith? And however they might answer the question, we know for certain that it's not as strong as it should be. It's not what it ought to be. It's still quite uninformed. And as I see the response and the reaction of the disciples today and the way they deal with Jesus, I cannot help but find myself identifying with the disciples, and I would venture to guess that you are with me. That far too often you and I find ourselves in a difficult spot because our eyes are fixed so much on the storm, so much on the stuff that we see taking place around us that we forget who Jesus is and we don't pay attention to Jesus properly. We take our eyes off of Christ, we ignore his promise, and we give our fears over to the storms. Now, I'm not going to say something like this to you today. So don't worry about the storms. Everything's fine. Just love Jesus and you'll have a happy life. That's not, obviously that's not what's going to happen. We don't need to ignore the storms. I'm not saying we should turn a blind eye to society's ills and the sins that are running rampant. I'm not saying we should downplay in any capacity our own depressions or sufferings or hurts. Nor am I saying we should downplay our own contributions to the sin of the world and our own guilt and our own need of redemption. These are all realities we find ourselves in. These are the days which the Lord has given to us to live. And perhaps we wished we'd never faced such times. And yet here we are. This is where the Lord has placed us. So what we have to watch in our lives is that we're not allowing the storms to take our attention off of Jesus. And so we look to Jesus today, and what do we find Jesus doing in the midst of the storm? What do we find him like? Well, Jesus is calm. Jesus knows that he is so much more powerful than these storms. He knows his own power, and he knows the storm's power, and his power is enough that he can sleep through them because Jesus knows, in our text today, he knows that it is not his to die in a storm, but on a cross, and that this storm was not nearly enough to stop him from accomplishing God's purposes. See, God's purpose in sending Jesus was not to take away the storms and trials of life and to just give us smooth sailing. God's purpose in Jesus was sending him so that he would accomplish our redemption and he would conquer something far more dire than a, new, than a storm or some new philosophy or whatever it is you watch on the news that frightens you. Jesus has come for something far greater, to conquer death itself, to defeat the devil, and to forgive you for all of your sins. 
and there is no storm, there is nothing in all of creation that is going to stop him from accomplishing this purpose. And there is no storm, there is nothing in this creation that is going to stop him from accomplishing this purpose for you. And so he's done it. He's died for you. He's risen for you. You are his. So perhaps today what we need to do is own up to the fact that we've taken our eyes off of that. We need to own up to the fact that, yeah, we have faith, but man, it is weak. It is changing at times. There's times I feel like I'm losing it, you might say. Some of you here might say, my faith is gone. I'm not even sure if I've ever had it. And Jesus would say, have you no faith? Well then, let me give it to you. Let me give you something to believe. Your God, I don't know why I'm so emotional this morning. Your God neither slumbers nor sleeps. The Lord has come, and Jesus Christ has accomplished God's will for you. You are forgiven. You are redeemed and you are beloved. Salvation is yours because of the ultimate death of the, Jesus Christ on the cross, which was taken in your place. And his resurrection means nothing in all of creation will stop him from giving that to you. No storm, trial, rejection, persecution, depression, sorrow, guilt, none of it, none of it is powerful enough to stop Christ from saying his word to you. Peace, be still, for you are mine. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for your Son, Jesus Christ, who conquers our fears, who conquers our sorrows, and who carries us home. Have mercy on us now, O Lord. Keep our faith strong in you. And Lord, help us not to be overwhelmed by the storms in life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.